Hello and welcome, people, to D Up Podcast. This is Louis Spalletta, and thank you for taking a seat at this table. We're going to get started. There's so much to get to. The playoffs are here. The playoffs are red hot. We have the draft lottery today. There is so much to get to. But let's first start with that Kawhi Leonard shot to beat the Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm going to tell you why Kawhi Leonard might be the best basketball player on the planet right now. And it fits fittingly with the name of this podcast, which is D-Up, Play On Defense Up. You know, we call basketball a two-way sport. Kawhi Leonard is the best two-way player in the game. Not only is he the best two-way player in the game, but he's a killer. He's a killer because he's willing to take the shots to lose. He's willing to to miss the shots. He's willing to take over the game, very Michael Jordan-esque in that that fashion. And he keeps his mouth shut, not like a lot of players in the league, which have a problem of running the mouth too often. He keeps his mouth shut, and he leads by example. And for people who think that that shot was lucky in Game 7, my lord, that was not lucky. He created that shot. He shot 39 shots in that game. The reason why he shot 39 was because he felt that he would give his team the best chance to win, and he took over the game. And that's the landmark. That's the trademark of an alpha male. Uh, that's the man. That's a killer. And there's a lot of guys in the league that don't do that, and we'll we'll get to them. You know, the the almost MVP, there are some MVP candidates in there that don't even do that. But much respect to Kawhi for going out there old school style, taking over a game, and just laying it all out there. I mean, if you're the best player on your team, you have to lead. You have to take control. So when Kawhi hit that from the corner, I felt horrible for for Joel Embiid and and the 76ers, of course, who put together a valiant effort. I mean, of course, Joel is crying on the court. Horrible to see an adult man cry. Uh, Heart broke, walked off the court, completely distraught. But man, um, much respect to him because, you know, he's making millions of dollars, has a great life, and basketball still affects him that deeply, intensely, and passionately. But the Raptors proved to be the better team. Uh, Kawhi proved to be the best player on the court. And again, the reason why is because he does it on both ends. I can't tell you enough. He's involved in almost every defensive play. Best help defender, best on-ball defender in my opinion. Uh, He's got abnormally long hands. I think they measure like 12 and a half half inches or something crazy. It's 52% bigger than the the average hand. It's it's, it's just crazy. Um, Kawhi is meant... He was built for basketball, and then he developed his skills uh, from the bottom to the top. And now you're seeing the finished product. And as I said, he keeps his mouth shut. He goes out there and he plays. Old school style. The guy gets it done. And it's going to be wonderful to see him play against another man who gets it done. uh, And that's Giannis Adekumpo. Two, Two alpha male guys going at each other. It's going to be Wonderful, this series coming up. Uh, the, the Milwaukee Bucks playing the Toronto Raptors. Uh, this stage is going to be... It's, it's just a tough... It, the matchups are insanely even. And the toughness of both teams equally matches each other. Uh, I think you're going to get a grinded out series. Uh, this 
in my prediction will go seven games. Uh, but don't count on me to be right with anything <laughs> because I picked the Boston Celtics to win that past series and they got done with four to one. So um, my word might not count this year. I might need to get a little better at this. Uh, but I'm picking that series to go seven games. Milwaukee versus Toronto. Um, Milwaukee obviously has, carries the best record in the league, as we know. And Giannis Adekumpo, uh, maybe the MVP, probably is going to be the MVP this year. Uh, they're going to go head-to-head, Kawhi and Giannis. You're, you're going to see two guys lead their respective teams and just go at the rim. But more importantly, they go at the rim and they take control of the game when it matters. And that's at the end of the game. And that can't be said for someone by the name of James Harden, who was another potential MVP. Can't uh, He could be the MVP this year. We don't know. Um, but... Uh, James Harden's regular season was glamorous compared to the playoff James Harden. The reason being the fourth quarter. If we go back to game five, possibly the most important game of James Harden's life. It's the swing game in the Golden State Warriors series. We all expected uh, James and Chris Paul to just, you know, give it their all and and try and defeat a Kevin Durant-less Warriors team. For some reason, in the eight minutes, the last eight minutes, I believe, of the game, James Harden takes one shot. Now, is it because he is completely gassed from playing one-on-one the whole season and, and breaking all sorts of records? Or is it that that mental edge was gone? He was lacking confidence and didn't want to do what he did in the regular season at the end of the game. But that's what separates the, the greats from the killers. You know, there's a lot of great players. But there's only a few killers in the NBA and in the history of the NBA. And James Harden yet hasn't proved to be that seize-the-moment killer. Uh, Chris Paul looked very slow and old. Chris Paul did not look like himself. Uh, whether or not... The, the both of them just had a mental lapse and didn't show up. Maybe they were gassed. Who knows? But it was very disheartening not to see the, the both of them at full strength. But they still came close to, to knocking off a clearly stacked Warriors team. Now, the Warriors look, when they, when they play with Durant uh, through most of the series and the beginning of the series and, and all the time, it looks like their offense is broken when they go through Durant, right? And I had mentioned that a couple times on the show, mentioned that on Instagram. And I had to look at the numbers because I said, wow, this team doesn't look very much like the 73 team, the 73 win team uh, in terms of passing the ball around the horn. I, I think they're much more dangerous when Durant's not on the floor because the ball moves quicker and whatever, okay? So that's what my eyes saw. And I have to say, my friends had said the same thing. Some basketball experts also agree with me. Yet, and this is pretty interesting, when I went to look at the assists, see, Golden State always ranks at the top of the league in their assists, their offense, they're coached amazingly, and the ball moves better than any other team, even the San Antonio Spurs. In, in the 73-win season, the 2015 
16 season. I'm going off the top of my head right now, and I'm, I'm not using notes, so um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm, I'm right. 2015-2016 season, you have the Golden State Warriors, and they they beat every other team in assists, I'm pr- pretty sure, by four or five assists a game, which is a, a, that, that's, that's a huge measure. They were ranked number one in that 73-win season, right? Fast forward to this season with Kevin Durant, and I could have swore that the assists were going to be lower. But not only were they not around, they were around the same, they were a little bit higher this year. I think by a point, something of a point, or maybe one one assist. Uh, For some reason, with Kevin Durant, their assists have went up a little bit, which was totally contra- contradicting what I what I had believed. So maybe Kevin Durant isn't that bad for the Warrior team. And what's funny is that what the eye picks up is very different sometimes than what the stat sheet says. Uh, and then obviously the, the result. So maybe the Warriors are better with Kevin Durant. And that was very different than, than what I thought. I want to hear what you think. So you could... Uh, give me a message on, on Instagram, write to me, uh, Lewis space Edward space Balletta, uh, DM me and tell me what you think, because I would love to talk about it on the show. I always talk about what you guys really want to talk about. So tell me if you think the Warriors are better with Kevin Durant as a team, or you think they aren't as good uh, as I previously thought. I was just shocked to see that, that assist total. Uh, and this is a great segue. This is a perfect segue to now talk about the Trailblazers series versus the Warriors. Whoa, like just saying that gets me really excited. If you're a basketball fan, you heard that. I mean, we'll look at the backcourts here. You know, we, we had a great backcourt duel. We're so blessed. We had um, Chris Paul and Harden versus... Curry, Clay. Um, now we have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum versus Steph and Clay. I mean, could we ask for anything more? The NBA is so talented right now. And this series is not going to be a cakewalk for the Golden State Warriors. Now, one must believe the Golden State Warriors are going to win. Um, Trailblazers are definitely play Cinderella in this. We'll see what happens. I'm rooting for the Blazers. That the Blazers are my team right now in the playoffs. Those are the, that's the team I'm rooting for. I love the heart that Damian and CJ have. I love the the fortitude. I love the end of the game show ups by them. I I would love nothing more than that for them to just handle the Golden State Warriors. But uh, this is going to be a war. So in two conferences, we have wars going on in the conference finals. The Milwaukee Raptors, uh, Golden State, now Trailblazers. Thank God the Trailblazers picked up Ennis Cantor, Rodney Hood. What perfect additions to play the Golden State Warriors. They match up well, I must say. It, it, not only is that not going to be a cakewalk for Golden State, but Golden State has their hands cut out, that has their, their work cut out with the personnel of Zach Collins 
um, like I said, the, the whole the whole the whole list of, of the Blazers roster it really matches up well. Now, the thing that ta- that tips the scales is Kevin Durant. Again, you can't double everybody with the Warriors, and and uh, that's why Durant poses a problem. So. If he comes back mid-series, the Blazers are in trouble. There's no doubt about that. The Trailblazers series, the previous series, it was prime time. How many endings could we? How much? How much better endings could we have asked for in those games? So close. Number uh, game seven, we have we have C.J. McCollum saving the day, playing Superman. He is so smooth. He's so measured. He is so. Uh, fundamentally sound. He makes it look so easy. And, and you know, he's, he's short for an NBA guy. He's like 6'3", I feel. Um, he makes things happen. And although the Trailblazers uh, were down 17, I feel, to 15 or 17 in the game, they, they, they really hung around. And I give them credit for hanging around, for chipping back. Uh, Damian was really off. He did not look like himself. You know, it was one of those games. The ball just doesn't go in the basket. They were face guarding him. They were not going to let Damian score at all. Uh, give that defense of Denver credit. Um, you know, Jamal Murray had a had a horrible shooting game, which was unlike him. Uh, so the Blazers benefited off that. Yet so did Damian Lillard. Uh, but fourth quarter came around. It was Dame time. He had two huge threes. And uh, again, this is the third time I'm mentioning CJ. CJ was just, anytime you needed a bucket, he was there. He didn't miss much. And for a guard to play that well and to shoot a wonderful percentage like he did, um, it's, it's always fascinating to watch, in my opinion. And he single-handedly one that games at Collins chipped in. Um, it was it was a consolidated team effort, but the my MVP for that game goes to CJ. I mean, Damian saved enough games, so uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll cut slack for him. Uh, he's a big reason why they're here. It's his his aggression, his takeovers of games. But uh, Robin this time played Batman, and that's that's what happened. And going forward versus the, the Golden State Warriors, the Trailblazers are going to need CJ and Damian to both be Superman. Okay? There's not going to be a Robin. To, there can't be a Robin. For them to win, mark my words, if they do win, you will see Damian and CJ have the series of their lives. And that's what it's going to need. That's what it's going to uh, uh, be. So that's what it's going to take in order to defeat a superior Golden State Warrior team. Now, I don't care if they have Durant or not. That's the Golden State Warriors you're talking about, okay? Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. These guys won 73 games. I don't want to hear it about their bench and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Those guys win ball games. They know how to play together. They know how to play basketball better than any team in the NBA. And those individuals really are a complementary bunch. When you see Steph Curry dancing at the top of the key, you're in trouble. When he's dancing with that ball and he's playing with it, he's either going to shoot the three, he's going to drive, he's going to kick it out. When you see him, you know, smiling, having a good time, you're in trouble. I don't care who you are. 
uh, when Clay Thompson is knocking down his threes, you're in trouble. You're losing, basically. Okay, so you're at the mercy of how good Golden State plays. That's why Damian and Damian and, and CJ have to play the series of their life in order to come out this one the victor. The Lakers, let's get to another subject. The Lakers are continuing to look like they're in shambles. Um, whoever is running the organization, Jeannie Buss, who's ever giving them input, definitely has issues. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I don't think... I don't think the Lakers are going to be anywhere next year because I think players are going to be scared to go there. When they see the dysfunction, like the Lakers hiring Frank Vogel with a backup, Jason Kidd, who's clearly going to be the coach in a couple of years, um, it's going to spell trouble, infighting. It's going to spell more um, crazy rumors that come out from, from behind uh, the scenes and more backstabbing. You're going to have Frank and, and, and Jason Kidd infighting and Frank feeling like his job is in jeopardy. Uh, you're going to have uh, LeBron there in the mix of things. And who knows if LeBron is even going to be there? Uh, who knows? They're even saying he might ask for a trade right now. Uh, they're, they're speculating even Philadelphia. Nobody knows anything. But the Lakers cer- certainly don't know anything. Um, a lot of the moves that they've made and, and the way that they've made the moves just signals a red flag to a lot of players and I know a lot of Laker fans out there are not very happy about the things the way things are going Uh, the other big basketball operation is the Knicks and they have been run poorly throughout the years but at least it looks like this summer in free agency the Knicks are going to be going to be catching some of the biggest breaks they've ever had, getting two of the biggest players they've ever had, KD and Kyrie, almost signed under the table without being signed. Um, heavy speculation that they're coming, they're both coming to New York. So we'll have a, a fantastic Nick team, almost 100%, even with a chance of getting Zion today uh, in the draft, getting the number one pick. We'll see if they get the number one pick. They certainly have the highest chance at 14, 14%. But going forward, the Knicks at least have a bright future. Now, I'm not counting out the Lakers, but I'm just saying it looks very, very dismal. And if you would have asked me years ago who would be in better shape right now, the Knicks or the Lakers, I would have told you the Lakers. But now, and as soon as tonight, the Knicks get a shot at something uh, that they haven't had in a long time. Uh, I feel, I think it was 1985. Again, I'm doing this at the top of my head when they, when they drafted Patrick Ewing. Tonight, the Knicks get a shot at getting the number one pick in the draft. And that means Zion Williamson. There's rumors that the Pelicans, uh, and, and, and there is factual basis to this, that the Pelicans have inquired about a lot of the players on the Knicks, and the Knicks are entertaining certain things. They're listening because ultimately I feel the, the Pelicans want to take Davis if the Knicks get the number one pick and trade him to New York. New York would be doing uh, a terrible disservice to its fans and its organization if they even think about trading the number one pick, if they do get the number one pick. Um, but there's a lot of writing on the wall, too much for me to get into right now, but there is factual basis of the Knicks and the Pelicans uh, talking actively. Now, the Knicks should just hang up the phone. 
there is no possible package that can work, in my opinion, for Zion Williamson, especially from what the Pelicans are asking. The Pelicans are asking everything in the kitchen sink, plus Mr. Mr. Robinson, who I am not a fan of getting rid of. We need to keep one of the best shot blockers I feel it's going to happen in history, Mr. Robinson. Um, Nick should hang up the phone on any calls if they get a number one draft pick in the lottery. Um, Don't entertain James Dolan. Don't do it. So getting back to the past of, of the Lakers and the Knicks, uh, as we talked about, yeah, this offseason is going to be you know the craziest in years uh, in the history of the NBA. Uh, the Lakers might look like they're going to be on the losing end of things, whereas the Knicks will definitely be on the upswing and on the winning end of things. But as you know, the NBA is unpredictable, and that's just how it looks right now. Getting back to the Philadelphia 76ers and moving forward for next year, Ben Simmons has to get a jump shot. There's no doubt about it. It's all over the media. It's all over the news. He should feel embarrassed. He needs a jump shot. The reason being, Joel Embiid should never have been out by the three-point line in a game seven. I know he hit one late, but he shouldn't be taking three-pointers. Joel Embiid is a post animal. He's a post player. He takes over in the post and There's nothing else. If you know basketball, that's where he belongs, especially in that system over there. Now, um, Ben Simmons doesn't allow that to happen at times because Ben's not going to be shooting, right? He's a slasher. He's going to drive and kick and blah, blah, blah. Now, if Ben gets a jump shot, he allows Joel to play his natural position. And what I like is that if Ben Simmons shoots the three or a two-pointer or whatever, a long two, uh, uh, Joel Embiid will be there in position to grab a rebound, much like an, uh, an NS Cantor on on the, the Portland Trailblazers. So Philadelphia needs to, to tell Ben to get a jump shot, work with him, or trade Ben because he's going to hurt the team in the long run. And Philadelphia has so much potential. Uh, they could have won this series. They just happened to lose by a, a bouncing ball. But uh, congratulations to them for, for, for getting this far. They're going to probably get further next year if they make the right moves. But Ben has to get a jump shot. Another note I wanted to touch upon. I know I'm jumping around over here, but it was the it's something I didn't get to. Um, it was about the Golden State Warriors series versus the Rockets. You know, a lot of these players like to be flashy. They like to talk, like to do this. But at the end of the game, they're not taking the ball. They're not going to going to win the game for you and I really liked Steph showing he's Steph Curry because Steph is just a guy that I would pick first on my team to be honest I would want Steph on my team first the guy that's I mean Steph's a killer Steph's going to win the game with for you usually and uh, shoot the last second shot he'll have three three huge shots in one minute and or he's going to make the winning assist but Steph is a prime time player. When you call upon Steph, he answers. Now, with Kevin Durant going out in that game, Steph picked up the slack and scored 16 points to finish the game. After Durant left, Steph scored 16 points. Now, if that wasn't good enough, fast forward to game seven. Steph scores zero in the first half. 
and it comes out when it matters and scores 33 points in the second half. Now, if that's not a killer, I don't know what is. And as much as we like to talk about the James Hardens, the Giannis, the Kawhi, and this and that, on any given day, let's give credit where credit is due. Steph is the most dangerous player in the NBA, hands down. He'll take you on in a team setting, which I love. He's a team player first. That's why he he won't get his 50 or his 33 in the second half, blah, 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 because he doesn't need to. Okay, he wants the team to play as a team. He wants KD involved. He wants Clay involved. He wants these. Guys. He's a point guard. He's a real floor general. But let's give credit to where it's due. And at the end of the day, when when you need a basket, when you need him to, he's gonna say, "Listen, I'm the man," and he's gonna take over. And what's wonderful about him, if Clay's feeling it, he's gonna look for Clay. Um, Hats off five stars and a huge trophy to Steph Curry. As much as we love to hate the Golden State Warriors, they're a lot less easy to hate when Durant isn't around. We get to see the team play on a more of a level playing field. And um, it's way easier to root for, for Steph. So for my parting shots when I leave, I would love for Giannis Adekumpo and I would love for Ben Simmons to get together this summer if you're listening and have a shoot around, play horse, work on your jump shots, a thousand threes a day, both of you. I, ma- I can't even imagine Giannis with a jump shot. I mean, we're talking Michael Jordan level, if that happens. But Ben, ben Simmons, man, oh man, work on that jumper. Wouldn't it be cool to see both of them work out? You're getting paid millions of dollars to do what? To work on your skills, work on your weaknesses. I'd say Ben Simmons needs to work on it a lot more than Giannis because Giannis just wins and wins and wins. And Giannis takes over without that jump shot. Ben Simmons, not so much. So let's watch the draft today. I'm rooting for New York for number one. You're probably out there rooting for your teams, and that's, that's okay. Cleveland, Phoenix, Lakers, whoever it is. But I'm rooting for my New York Knicks to get that number one pick. And we would love Zion Williamson to come. He's a freight train. So please pay attention to my Instagram. It's Lewis underscore Edward underscore Valletta. I'll be posting a lot of stories up there on the not only the lottery but the playoff games, especially tonight. Golden State Trailblazers got a lot of people coming over. Uh, message me, tell me what you think. Also, um, uh, drop me a line to tell me what would you would like to hear on the show. And that is it. Strap yourself into your seat. Grab your popcorn. These playoffs are amazing. This is D Up Podcast, and I will see you next week. Have a good day.
sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.